Amen. I, uh, I don't know if you've heard, Norm, if you could come on up here. Um, <clears throat> there's some movie where famous line from it is, uh, it's a Marine. He says, you, you want me on that wall, you need me on that wall. I don't know the rest of the whole thing on the movie, but uh, Norm is a colonel in the Air Force, and he's also a gatekeeper in the prayer room, so we, the Lord wants him on that wall, and we need him on that wall, and he has an announcement for us, so. Good morning. Good morning. Am I on? Good morning. You are on. Well, um, I've been, been the captain of the ship, but in the Air Force, we call them colonels, yeah. and uh, when I was a commander, an active commander, I could tell the troops, do this. And I'm not going to do that to you this morning, <laughs> but I'm going to try. You know, we, we swore our allegiance to our, to our service and to our country when we entered the service. And uh, I think we swore as a church to God that we would support him. And uh, I, I present this to you, that we have a command to vote. It's part of our heritage. It's part of our responsibility. And uh, I just want to encourage you. I had a little, I was thinking about it. Anybody dance, like to dance the Texas two-step? Well, for those who are registered, those who are registered to vote, it's easy. All you have to do is go to the poll and vote. They'll ask you to see your ID. How many times do they ask you to see your ID when you go to the bank? Go to the grocery store. It's nothing. It's something that you have to do all the time. But it's a way to protect our system. Now, I'm going to embarrass some folks. First of all, how many people are registered to vote? Let's, okay, that's good. Because 55% of the population in this country vote. Only 55%. Guess what? The church has the same percentage. It's, it's almost criminal that we don't vote. It's, uh, the process is simple. Anybody here that can't use Google? All right. <laughs> That's all you need to know. It will tell you how to register. It'll tell you where your voting place is. All the information you need is on Google. Just try it. I have, this morning, registration cards for Travis County. I apologize I didn't get uh, Williamson, but um, they wouldn't let me across the border. <laughs> So anyone that has not registered to vote in Travis County, let's see your hand. That's my private. The, the process, if you are registered to vote, is just go vote. Now, they've made it easy. Early voting. If you don't like to stand in lines, just kind of pick your place and the least number of people so that you don't have to stand in line very long. Some people enjoy going to vote on voting day. I do. Because you see the process. It's a fantastic process. Yes. 
and uh, it's an honorable, and uh, and it's blessed by God. Yeah. So, if you're in Williamson County, then Google it and find out the procedure, and then do it. Then do it. It's easy. And uh, if you can follow directions, which most people can, you can you can take care of it. So let me two steps out of here. Amen. Norm, thank you. Let's thank him for his service as well, and Gary and John, all the others. Thank you. We can be here today. We can proclaim the name of Jesus without fear because of these men and women that have served. Uh, raise your hand if you don't have the notes. Well, we're having a hand-raising ceremony. If you don't have the notes and the prayer outline to take with you as you leave today, I want to make sure you have it. The ushers will get you the notes. Father, in these next minutes, we come before you asking you to reveal to us a portion of your heart, your heart that burns for us with love, your heart that burns for purity and holiness. You are the embodiment of holiness and truth. And we do lift our hands to you and surrender. And as children, we come before you and say, Lord, take us and make us and shape us and conform us into your image, particularly in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Corinthians 14, 8 says, If the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? I am hoping today and believing that through my simple words, the Lord will release a certain sound in our hearts. Simple words. I'm not going to try to do anything other than be myself, but I'm going to speak these words and I'm trusting the Lord will move in our hearts and stir us as the army of believers to engage in spiritual warfare over our nation in this hour. The church is depicted as many pictures, but the church is depicted as an army. 2 Timothy 2 calls us soldiers. Ephesians 6 calls us to put on the whole armor of God. And there are two trumpet sounds being blasted within earshot of the church right now. In the left ear is the trumpet sound of the enemy trying to play taps over the church. Trying to lull us to sleep and passivity, and inactivity, and resignation. But in the right ear is the trumpet of the Lord, the certain sound of the Lord, and that's the trumpet sound of reveille. Reveille wakes up the army, causes the army to rise up and take its place and mobilize in prayer and in faith and with a broken heart over humanity that's lost. And I'm trusting we will hear the trumpet sound of reveille will drown out the trumpet sound of taps in my life, in your life. It's not so much how I deliver this today. It's how are we going to live after this next few minutes? So I'm pointing at me as I look at this. Four years ago, right around this time, I preached a message on how to pray for the elections. 2016 election, but I have a sense in my spirit that things are very different this time. Four years later, very different. It's almost like this time it all boils down to how do we want to live in our society? How do we want things to be in our society? What kind of world do we want our children and our grandchildren to walk out into every day after this election for perhaps the next 
10 years or even longer. That's what I have a sense in my spirit of the gravity and the seriousness of this hour. The last four years, it's been like God has placed a centrifuge over our nation. A centrifuge is what's used in labs, laboratories, to apply force and pressure to separate out compounds and materials and elements. A centrifuge has caused, causes separation and causes us to see things more clearly. And so we can see now from four years ago, as the centrifuge has been placed, there is a greater clarity in our view of what government control on its citizens looks like. Cities like Portland and Seattle look very different today than they looked four years ago and even one year ago. And I believe it is due in large part to the kind of government leaders over these cities. The centrifuge has separated that out. It's like it, I I was interested in this, what a centrifuge is, because I'm not a, I didn't do well in chemistry, so I looked it up, and the definition of the centrifuge is it separates elements out from each other, liquids that appear to be homogenous. United States of America can be separated out into their components, but it won't separate out materials that have been chemically bonded. We are to be living as Christians in the bond of love. We are in covenant with Christ. And and there's a promise on God's end saying, you say yes to me, you follow me as the captain, and you will not be separated away from your intimate walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what pressure comes your way, no matter what things are happening, no matter who gets elected, you can stay bonded and not separated out. So unlike four years ago, we see separation in our country like never before. We can now see a lack of patriotism and a lack of gratitude for our country by millions of Americans. It's like this time, this attitude has come to the surface and it's being expressed in anger, in violence, and in great deception that has given birth to cancel culture and things like defund the police, where last time I counted, I don't know if there's been one recently, like within the last 24 hours, but 12 police chiefs of major cities have either been fired or have resigned in the last few months. Ironically, sadly, tragically, many of them are minorities. Black police chiefs, the first black female police chief in Dallas has resigned. The centrifuge is making things more clear what's going on and what's going on in our country. And so so let's hear the sound and mobilize and take our place to see revival come to America again. It's up to the church. Much of it is up to the church. Unlike four years ago, the most extreme takes are being today talked about like they're normal things. Liberal governors and mayors are showing their true colors. At times, it seems really petty, but they are spending so much time and energy keeping churches closed, but allowing riots to break out just blocks away from those churches that are being closed. I don't hear a lot of amens. It's okay. I'm hearing you online. Some of you are turning it off right now. The outcome of this election, paragraph B on your notes, could very well determine the trajectory of our nation for a decade and beyond. Biblical values are under assault in at an unprecedented level. Biblical values, some of these values include traditional marriage, protecting the unborn, sexual purity, and administering justice against lawless and evil deeds. 
Look at Romans 13. It's in your notes, 3 and 4. It's the picture of the role of government. The government's role is to keep evil in check in society. Look at it. For rulers, the governments, local, state, national, federal, are not a terror or a threat to the righteous. They're not to be a threat to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? I do. I don't want to be afraid of the police. I want to say, go police, right? I didn't hear a lot of amens. That's cool. (laughs) Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same, for he is God's minister. That's the governments. Are God's ministers to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him. Look at verse 3. God never meant for government to be a threat to the righteous. But it's supposed to protect the righteous. Now think with me for a minute. It's good to think in church. Think with me. If the government is not to be a threat to righteousness, there's a threat going on about protecting innocent children. What's a threat to innocent children being taught in fifth grade in Austin public schools? Potentially, it's in the curriculum right now to teach a fifth grade boy or girl, you're not necessarily a boy or a girl. You can choose whether you're a boy or a girl. You tell me if that's a threat to biblical values and to innocent children. You tell me. There's, it's, government's not supposed to, to threaten the righteous. In some cities, how much is government protecting the righteous? Austin voted to cut the police, defund the police, $150 million dollars. You tell me how that's protecting the righteous. We have to wake up and and look at this. Protecting the innocent children. It's called gender fluidity curriculum. It's in the fifth grade. I've already said that. What about protecting this uh, Catholic group called the Little Sisters of the Poor in New York? There's been court case against them to try to force them to go against biblical, their biblical values uh, they're saying you've got to provide contraceptives. And they fought that because it's against, it's against what they believe. Now, I'm not arguing that, that topic here, but it's government's not supposed to threaten the righteous. Right, yeah. Government's supposed to protect the righteous. Now, I'm not trying to be political today. You know, some of you may look at me and go, man, Glenn, I think you just left your calling. You're, you're, you're meddling in a whole nother realm. Well, I want to say, I have not left my calling today. You've not left your calling when you speak out today either. Because as Christians, we're supposed to speak out against evil in our society and, po- and point people to the solution of society, which is a person. The person of Jesus Christ. That's our role. That's love, is to speak out against evil. Because then that allows the Holy Spirit to convict, and they say, what must I do to be saved? Paragraph C, real important paragraph. Regardless of who wins this election, political figures will never solve spiritual issues. Good government protects its citizens from evil, as best as it can, but spiritual issues must be confronted and resolved by the church. Therefore, we should never put our ultimate trust in who wins this election. Our trust needs to be in the Lord Jesus and the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and for the church to rise up. That's who our trust. Don't don't be crestfallen if your candidate doesn't win. Our, Our trust isn't in a a candidate. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Francis Schaeffer said this. I'm shifting now to say church. I'm talking to us now in some strong terms. 
He said this, every abortion clinic should have a sign in front of it saying, open by permission of the church. Because we haven't spoken up. We haven't prayed up. And I say no more. The blood of 60 million murdered babies. The blood of the martyrs is crying out today, saying, will somebody speak on our behalf? Will somebody vote for us? Because we can't vote. Will somebody vote so that others can have the right, right now in their mother's wombs, they can have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, just like you and me? Who's going to speak for them? The blood of the martyrs is crying out today. And again, I tried to dial it down. I say, Holy Spirit, I want to hear your sound. I want to do more. Would you go ahead and show that picture? I'm going to flip up to the... We took a family vacation years ago to D.C. and we went through the Supreme Court building and we were going out and Kyle... Grace and Suzanne kind of went ahead and I said, can you guys just wait a minute? And I, and I just, I was just like almost collapsed against the column of the Supreme Court building on the steps because God just went bam and showed me at that time, 54 million lives had been since 1973. And so it was on that column to the, the far, the far right and I just said, I, I, you know, and I went into t- kind of a travail for our nation. But I have to confess today, I lost that somewhere along the way. And I'm asking the Lord to give it back to me. I think he's giving it back to me right now. Yeah. I don't do it to get emotional. I do it to then put feet to my faith to do some things about it. Thank you, Sloan. The church is the, the answer. Corey Russell said this, the ultimate answer to a world in chaos is a church on fire. And I would add this, the ultimate answer to racism is a new heart. A broken heart and a contrite spirit, a heart that has been born again will celebrate every color of skin as a masterpiece of God's artistry, as a masterpiece of divine beauty, each with a divine destiny. Black lives don't just matter. They're his masterpiece. Every one of them is a masterpiece, and so is each of you. Not just regardless of your skin color, we celebrate the artist who gave you your skin color. That's what a new heart, new eyes, new perspective, renewed mind does. The church has been tasked with being salt and light. We've been tasked to lead the way of what love looks like. And so as we look at this, as we pray for the election, I just wanted to set that in place. The church, not government, is the salt and light of society. William Wilberforce... Anybody know who that is or was? He led the charge for the abolition of slavery in England in the early 1800s. Devout Christian. Devout Christian. If you want to get a little more on that and be entertained and at the same time convicted and at the same time horrified, watch the movie Amistad by Steven Spielberg. Matthew McConaughey's in it. So everybody, woo, McConaughey. It came out in 1997. I encourage you to see that. Um, Paragraph C, little c, the church is primarily responsible for seeing in prayer our society be quiet and peaceable. But secondarily, the solution to keeping society quiet and peaceable is the kind of government leaders we elect. Primarily church, secondarily the kind of leaders we elect. Roman numeral two, I believe God is calling his army of believers to mobilize in three ways. To speak up, 
to show up and to stand before. Can you say that with me? Say, speak up, stand, uh, show up, stand before. Now, you might want to say stand up, but really we're standing before his, God's glorious throne in humility, calling upon God to move, calling upon God to save souls, calling upon God to remove blockages to having his choices for godly leaders set in government positions. That's why we have swing state prayers, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because it's not automatic. It's not just, well, God's just going to choose who he wants. Well, then why did Norm get up here and hand out voting things? Because people choose and our prayers affect what people see so people can choose rightly. We're here to remove the veil off people. We're here to see the smoke get off people's eyes. So speak up. I believe Christians should speak up when there's evil in society. Offering the solution, Jesus Christ. There's a T-shirt by Jeremiah Johnson. He's a, not the movie, not Robert Redford from the 70s, but it's down in the corner there. He's a, a Christian leader in his 30s, I think. T-shirt that he was wearing said, in a time of silence, God is calling a remnant to engage in spiritual violence. Notice it's spiritual violence, not physical violence. I had a dream on Tuesday night in which I was talking with someone in the dream, very vivid. I don't know who it was in the dream that I was talking to, but while I'm talking to them, one of their teeth came out. And I was like, we were just kind of casually talking. They're like, huh. I keep talking, we keep talking, and one of my teeth falls out. And then we kept talking, and then a, a second tooth came out of my mouth, and then a third tooth. And then I, I remember the, the dream ended with me being embarrassed of what my smile would look like. I actually have a tooth out over here because it actually came out one time. One time it did that years ago. So I, that was part of my thing. It was, how, ooh, this is not going to be a good smile. So I woke up embarrassed thinking how embarrassing it would be. Had no clue the next day. I texted my wife, Suzanne. I said, had this weird dream about my teeth falling out. That next day, I just happened to be watching a, a Bible study on YouTube. And the leader was talking about the Hebrew year that we're in of 2020. It's the Hebrew year 5780. And uh, see, God has a calendar. <laughs> and we're in the year 5780. And I like to go by God's calendar ultimately in my heart, right? I mean, I go by our calendar too, but 5780, guess what year 2020 is in the Hebrew calendar? The year of the mouth. Now, it didn't, you know, okay, year of the mouth. And I was like, huh. And then he kept on talking and he said, the new year, 5781, Actually, a uh, little alert to everybody, that's this Friday. It's the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, or Yom Teruach, uh, Feast of Trumpets. Uh-oh, trumpets, here we go. Um, I get a little frothy when I talk about this. Is that okay, Twyla? I'm going to get a little frothy up here. Um, so, it's, so we are in the year of the mouth. This Friday is going to be the year of, guess what it is? The t- oh, you've already read it. You cheated. <laughs> it's the year of the teeth. Wow. Has 2020 been the year of the mouth? I could put a mask on right now and say, we, we have been covering our mouth. And church, I want to tell you, in the spirit, the enemy has tried to put a spiritual mask over the church's mouth keeping us from declaring the gospel of the kingdom, from speaking up against evil, keeping us from being about the business of the kingdom of God. That's why these last couple of weeks we've been saying, let's be about, we're not waiting for COVID to lift to pray for the sick and to be about the gifts of the spirit. Okay, so it's time in the spirit, church, 
for us to take off our mask. It's the year of the mouth. Friday, coming up this Friday is the year of the teeth. It's time for us to show our teeth. <laughs> it's time for us to, you know, it's been the year of the silence of the lambs, but it's going to give way to the roaring of the lions. That's what it is. Now, I'm not going to take credit for that. That was uh, Jeremiah Johnson who said that. The year of silence of the lambs is giving way to the roaring of the lions. It's time for us to roar. Time for us to roar. Just my opinion. Okay, segue. It's my opinion now. In the Jewish cycle, we will be entering in to the sixth year of a seven-year cycle, the Shemitah, which means on the seventh year, just like the seventh day, God rested. The seventh year of the seven-year cycle is holy unto the Lord. And so I believe that 2021 is going to be a continued year of lawlessness and persecution and violence. And, but you know what? Let's show our teeth. Let's open our mouth. And in the seventh year, after this next year, it's going to be, I believe, a great revival coming. I believe it's going to be the seventh year. It's going to be a holy year. Now, that's my opinion. And you're free to tell me I'm wrong. And you can all call me on it in a year or whatever. But I'm going for it. Psalm 45. Speaking up, I'm almost done. Um, Rachel, you can get ready, but not just real ready. But... My heart is overflowing with a good theme. Psalm 45, 1, it's in your notes. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue masks off, right, in the spirit. Now, by the way, we respect everyone's right to wear a mask, not wear a mask. That's why we say they're not required, but we respect that. and We understand those online are, are joining that way. That's, that's fine. So we're, I'm talking in the spiritual sense. It's a good theme. It says, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Yes. It's a good theme, he says. It's worth speaking up about because it will lead people to turn from sin and turn to God. I pray our tongue would be that tongue of the ready writer. Remember, you know, when we, whenever we speak up or tweet up or Facebook post up or Insta up, you know, whenever you speak up, don't be a jerk, okay? Don't, don't get in the, the flesh. Don't stir up things. Bible says speak the truth in love. And be wise. Don't let endless things drain your energy. I need energy just to, I want this energy, right, to not, to not get wasted. So don't fall for the trap of letting the enemy waste your energy, Okay, so, uh, just, so just as the Lord leads you, speak up with wisdom. Paragraph B, uh, that was speak up. Now it's show up. Show up. James 1.5 says, faith without works is dead. If we believe something, really believe it, we will act on it. Yep. Practical ways to show up. Norm did a great job. Vote. 40, according to Lance Wall now, 40% of Christians have not registered. Now, hopefully that's changed since then. We prayed for Pennsylvania this last week, and the next headline, not that we, but hey, I'll take some credit. Uh, a lot of the headline was that massive registrations in Pennsylvania this week. So praise God. So vote. Uh, Rachel, if you guys can start coming up. Vote. Vote biblical values. Vote for candidates that support biblical values that will appoint conservative judges to the courts. Go on prayer walks with your family, or we've done some prayer walk. We did a prayer walk around Lake Travis. We did prayer walk around the Capitol a, a few uh, weeks ago. Um, go on prayer walks, attend prayer meetings like the ones we, we're having here. Um, Florida's this week, as you know. Attend as the Lord leads. Uh, attend, defund the, not defund, defend. Yeah. 
Oh, I have it underlined in my notes so I wouldn't get it wrong. And I got it wrong. Yeah, see, break off that, that L. That L. If you really want to go for it, stand outside an abortion clinic and worship or pray as the Lord leads. But your prayers or your worship can shift the atmosphere. It could even save a life. Show up. Paragraph C, stand before. In humility as the saints of God, we stand before his glorious throne, calling upon King Jesus to release power. Kings from their thrones release edicts. They call forth armies. They invade cities. Come before, stand before the throne. Say, Lord, have your way in these elections. Lord, remove things that hinder godly candidates to be placed in office. Remove that. Let your choices that will protect righteous, the righteous, not be a threat to the righteous. That's why this message is today. I wanted to bring clarity. And I want to pray now. We're going to have a time of a, a couple of our, our, our staff folks are going to come and lead us in some of these prayers. Um, and then we'll have time of ministry afterwards. But this is a time for you not to check out, but to engage in the corporate united prayer, standing before the throne of the Lord calling forth his divine power in this time. We are not of those who pull back and, and, and wring our hands and say, oh, it's so bad. And we're not of those who say, well, it's all in God's hands. We are of a different spirit in this church. We're of a Joshua and Caleb spirit that go in and say the land can be taken. Our nation can be recovered. There can be great revival. And our children and children's children can live in neighborhoods that are safe and that are conducive to seeing great salvation come to America again. Amen. Father, thank you for what you've done in my heart, in my heart in these last 25 minutes, 30 minutes. To stir me. And I know, wow, what a judgment. If I stand on this platform and act one way and then live different, oh Lord. Unite my heart with your word and your spirit that I may fear you and that I may stand in the gap for the unborn right now that are in their mommy's tummies. Lord, we come before your throne now. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would endue us with power. If it helps you just to engage us, open your hands just real briefly and I'd like, uh, I'd like Nate to come, Pastor Nate to come up. As he comes up, just open your hands. Holy Spirit, we invite your power to come upon us. I thank you for the power of unity now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm praying out of 2 Samuel 23, 3 through 4. Says the God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. He should be like the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Father God, we just declare that in faith, Lord. Those who rule over men will be just, ruling in the fear of God. 
Father, raise up just leaders, God. Father, give grace to those who you've placed in authority, God, who are exercising biblical justice, God, in their their views and in their policies, Lord, and the things that they stand for. Give grace to them. Strengthen them, Lord. Let's all stand up, if you would. Let's stand up. The Lord, there's an anointing on, Thank you, Lord. on Nate that really rallies. It's a, it's a gift of yours. I just pray full release to that right now. Would you rally us right now? Would you call, cause us to rise up? In that case, Lord. Yes. Thank you for your word, God. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would boot out every leader who goes against you, who goes against your statutes. Father God, I speak for a a quick end to demonic ideologies, Lord, that come from the far left. Father, I speak, Lord, for eyes to be open, Lord. We We pray, repent or remove. Repent or remove. Repent and have your eyes open to the fact that abortion is murder. Repent and have your eyes open to the fact that only an idiot defunds police. Father, repent and have your eyes opened to the fact that trying to take prayer and mention of God's name out of everything that we do in society is detrimental to the entire earth. Repent or remove. And God, if it's repent, we say yes and amen. Lord, yes and amen, of course we want repentance. Lord, if it's removed, then we say replace with godly leaders. We say replace with men and women who will stand for what's right, regardless of how they're treated by their party, regardless of how they're treated by the people that vote them in, regardless of how they're treated by their family and friends, ones who will stand for what's right. God, I thank you for our president who has no fear of man. He doesn't care. Lord, would you raise up more men and women in local, Father, cities, counties, states, and federal. Set in, Lord, those who are on your heart to lead our nation, God. And Father, would you give us grace this morning just as we cry out for from 2 Samuel for just leaders who do what's right. Lord, would you give us grace to do what's right, to fight for justice, Lord, to bring out our teeth, time to show our teeth, yes. But Father, not to get caught up in just, in just anger, not to get caught up and, and, and flustered and just do something stupid for the sake of doing something stupid, Lord, that you'd give us wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you on, on how to show our teeth. Now we know what to do. We need you to guide us in the how. In Jesus' name, who's next? I'm going to pray out of 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 5. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified, just as it is with you, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we commend you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Father, right now we stand as your people. And first and foremost, we say, God, we need our hearts directed into your love and into your patience. We need your help, God. It is so easy to get caught up in all of the conversation that in trying to speak up in righteousness that our flesh just gets so involved. And we need you to direct our hearts into your love and into your patience. We need grace to lean into you when we get frustrated with people. When our position is, that's so dumb, how could you say that? That, that would maybe be our internal dialogue, but that you would put a guard over our mouths, that we would speak the truth in love, God. God, we need your grace. We need your help, God. Lord, I ask that you would deliver us from evil and wicked men. Deliver us, God, 
Not all have faith. Not all have seen the light. Not all have chosen righteousness. Not all have chosen to give their lives in surrender. That arms up, raised up. I surrender, I give it all to you. Go, we're aware that there are some who just choose not you. We say, deliver us, God. I agree with what Nate said, God. God, I'm asking for, first that you would cause repentance to hit. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're the one who convicts the world. You convict unbelievers, the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Holy Spirit, I'm asking today that you would convict every evil and wicked man and woman in our government. Convict their hearts, everyone who is perpetrating injustice and unrighteousness. God, even the ones who are called by your name, and there are areas where they're not holding the line, where they're not advancing the line, as Pastor Glenn said last week. God, I'm asking that you would bring conviction right now, that you would deliver us from evil. Deliver us, God, we believe you to be the deliverer. So I'm asking that you would cause righteousness to flood our government whether by means of repentance or replacement, God, deliver us from evil and wicked men, that your word would go forth in boldness, that your word would run swiftly and be glorified in our nation. But I thank you, even as Pastor Glenn was saying, our hope is not in who's elected. Our hope is in you, Jesus. And so even if the outcome isn't what we would desire, Thank you that your word can still go forth in boldness. Your word can still run swiftly and be glorified. Oh, we bless you. We thank you that you are our deliverer, that your word is life, that your word brings freedom, that Jesus, your name is the light of the world. So Jesus, come to America, shine light. Let darkness flee in the name of Jesus. Deliver us, Lord. Poor Kyle praise that's so good um, just want to just felt like the enemy was going to try to get in and and cause any kind of accusation um, just so, but what what you're praying is so true we are not battling against flesh and blood but against principalities it's, this is actually an act of love someone just whisper, came up to me and said let's pray that the the Sauls will turn into Pauls that there'll be conversion and like you pray. I mean, this is, these, are, these are going right to the throne. Stay engaged though. This will be our last, our final prayer. And then we'll, then we'll have a song of, of, like, uh, of worship. And then we stay and pray for each other as long as you'd like. Uh, and we'll be here to pray for you. So, I'm gonna sh share a quick vision before I pray to Isaiah 59 because I think it speaks exactly to that. Ephesians 6 reality that we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, spiritual rulers of darkness in the heavenly places, in the second heavens. That's what our prayers are doing. We're ascending above that second heaven into the third heaven, seated with Christ, looking down, speaking God's truth, and those powers are disintegrating at our prayers. So just be encouraged. This might be the most important 15 minutes that our church is engaged in all year. That's how much the Lord is is bound to his truth that the seat of government in the earth is worship and prayer. So let's stay engaged. Let's see ourselves seated with him, looking down on the problem from the elevated perspective. This is the vision I had a few weeks ago while praying before our prayer and worship sets. I was praying out of Psalm 72. There's a verse in there that promises that the Lord himself will have dominion also from sea to sea. We know that old American song, from sea to shining sea. He will have dominion over the entirety of this nation one day. And our prayers make that happen sooner. And they make that a more, more of a reality in the here and now. So as we pray this, see the Lord. As I pray this, I saw the Lord resting, laying down, like face down on our country with his left hand on California, his right hand on New York. And he turned his head to the West and just had a smile because he was actually resting in shalom peace over our country based on my little prayers in the middle of nowhere, praying Psalm 72 where only he could hear me. So he's doing that. He's resting on our country through each one of our prayers. How much more with a group like this coming together in unity, praying for him to rest on our country. He's going to actually rest in peace over every little local government all the way up to the White House. And I'm actually gonna pray for President Trump from these verses, because that's where I saw the vision, praying for our, our government, our top government leader. Isaiah 59, 
Justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off for truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. So truth fails and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. So Father in heaven, we come to you according to these verses. Lord, you see the state in our country. You see these truths from these verses fleshing themselves out in our wonderful country, God. And I pray right now for President Trump and Vice President Pence, God, that you would look down when you're wondering, where is the man? Where is the intercessor who will bring salvation in the natural to this country through the spirit that's living within them? You're looking for the answer. You're looking for an intercessor. You're looking for a man. Father in heaven, I pray that you would fill our president with the Holy Spirit, that you yourself would live in his heart, in his belly, in his mind, in his body, that you yourself would bring salvation through the truth that comes from his mouth, through you living in him. Your own righteousness, as he steps into your righteousness through the Holy Spirit, would it sustain him? Would President Trump put on you righteousness as a breastplate? Would he put on the helmet of salvation through the Holy Spirit being poured out on him? Drench him, Lord, in your Holy Spirit. And Lord, would he put on your garments of vengeance against evil, against human trafficking, against abortion? Would would he put on your vengeance against everything that is against the truth of the Bible and you? And would you Would you clothe him with zeal? Zeal for your house, Father. Zeal for your people, your church, and the Jewish people, God. Would you clothe him with your zeal as you baptize him within and without with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want us to, this phrase from the old days when there was revival, I was part of a revival. Let's go out with a shout. Let's go out with a shout and with the, with the worship of God. Amen. On, on three, let's shout. Let's shout to the Lord. Let's believe those walls come down. Chris, are you ready to shout with me? My friend Chris from the gym. All right. One, two. Let's say Jesus, right? One, two, three. Jesus.